We can talk about anything you want As Welcome to Jay Flons' Ignorance. This is episode Backyard 5. This format is where we take two lapel mics in the backyard with a bunch of noisy dogs and have a very informal conversation with a lot of background noise and planes flying overhead and dogs barking and whining and chasing rings and whatever. So uh, very noisy. If you don't like this format, just go into the feed and skip all the episodes that say Backyard and then a number. If you do like these, then enjoy this episode. This is Backyard 5. All right, so I had a couple things to bounce off you. Yeah. So the first thing I saw was a TikTok, and it's a graph of all the um, uh, U.S. military active and veterans uh-huh. and how many have been count, uh, killed in all of our various wars. Yeah. So the Iraqi war, you know, huge. The Afghanistan war, huge. But it's cross-mapped across 30 years, and it's this TikTok, and it shows the the lines, and it shows... The wars and all the soldiers we've lost in wars, and it shows the suicides and all the lo- the all the veterans we've lost to suicides. Yeah, and the suicides just explode like ten x more than all combat deaths combined. <laughs> and I was staring at that, going, "Holy shit!" So the 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 vast majority of the time. If you're a, if you're in the military, apparently, if I'm understanding this graph correctly, the vast majority of the time, you're way more likely to kill yourself than to be killed by serving in the military, like by a factor of ten, like huge. The number yeah. numbers are huge, and it's accelerating. So like the wars, the line for each war, right, yeah. is way down here, and the line for suicide keeps separating from all the wars. So the, and I was, I was just stunned by that. Like I knew we had a veteran suicide problem, Mm. but I had no idea it was that bad statistically because when I look at those graphs, I'm like, well, shit, we shouldn't be buying body armor. We need to be buying therapists and, (laughs) you know, and psych meds and counseling and, you know, why ever, like if, if they need housing support or they need financial support or whatever, like the biggest health risk to them is not enemy bullets. It's their own bullets, you know? And I, I was just stunned by that. I was stunned by the scale of it. Like, I knew it was a big problem, but I didn't realize it was like 10x all combat deaths problem. Yeah. You know? So well, that, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was a con- like 10x. Is like, it? Uh, how many people, how many soldiers died in Afghanistan and Iraq? Do you know? Well... Yeah, this this graph's only counting American deaths, right? It's not right. it's not counting all the Iraqis and Afghanistanis we killed, and it's not counting all the civilians we killed. But just in terms of if you're worried about American service, Here, yeah, people, uh, I thought the Afghanistan number was something like twenty four hundred or something. You know, and Iraq was like forty eight hundred or something. I thought I don't know. I'm not that staring at the graph right, right, right now. Actually. Obviously, I'm standing in the backyard with a bunch of dogs. Alex, it ran into the poop thing. But but to me, that's shocking. So if you put me in charge of the Department of Defense, it looks to me like what we need to be doing is mental health services 90% of the time. And, oh, yeah, we'll buy some guns every once in a while. You know, and we'll buy body armor every once in a while. <laughs> but mostly we should be a mental health 
department. Yeah. Am I? I don't. I don't really, honestly, I don't know what to say about it other than I, I feel like there is always an opportunity to get mental health. But I think in the United States, generally speaking, we stigmatize mental health problems, you know, especially true with soldiers. You know, like they feel like they're not being tough if they got to go get help or they feel like if they do go get health, help, then they can't be a soldier anymore. You know, because they've admitting admitted to something that bars them from being a soldier. So it's like a catch-22. I mean, and if that's the case, and being a soldier is what you love, then why go get mental health? Why not just off yourself, you know? Yeah. So you're an <laughs> Army veteran. Have you interacted with the VA at all since you got out? Uh, I did at first. So at first I did because... I needed some stuff done with my teeth because while I was in Afghanistan, I didn't get very good dental care. <laughs> so I needed some stuff done for my teeth, and uh, I kind of interacted to get that stuff done. But um, aside from that, I've generally had a, a job that has you know insurance that's good. I, I mean, I, I've never been particularly impressed with the VA program, you know, like how you get health care and stuff like that from it, so... I've just stuck with what I've had from my employer ever since. You know, UP has like a veteran organization where they kind of do all these various things for veterans. And, but I, I, I don't like to be identified like that. You know, like, I, I mean, I'm proud of what I've done. I think I served honorably, but I don't, uh, I don't think to myself, Oh, I need to identify with this group as a part of who I am. <laughs> so usually I don't do anything with them. So yeah, I mean, I haven't really interacted with it too much. I, but then again, I never had anything that was really traumatizing either. You know, I was I was pretty lucky. I mean, I kind of I didn't have to deal with much at all. Yeah, I mean, that's not the case for everybody. So, am I crazy to be thinking that if if ninety percent of the deaths are from suicide, that at least half the money should be going to suicide prevention? The entire Department of Defense's budget? I don't know. Like, is that is that crazy? I mean, that, that strikes me as obvious. In my ignorance, it strikes me as obvious. And I, I don't think... I mean, you can provide unlimited counseling, <laughs> right? With the, If you took half the DOD budget <laughs> and put it into mental health... You'd have unlimited counseling, unlimited medication, you know, for every veteran who wanted it, right? Because that yeah. number that takes it is very small. So, and, uh, and this is, you know, I, I would certainly like to, you know, talk to a healthcare professional to say, give like a professional opinion about this stuff that I'm about to say, but this is just my opinion. I, so, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've had people commit suicide that you were close to or knew of, uh, but I had a cousin that did. And nobody saw it coming, I don't think. Um, uh, when I was actually uh, at, at, in my drill sergeant unit, uh, the commander of the drill sergeant unit had a rel- like a, a close relative. Um, it was like a brother or sister that committed suicide, and they knew about it. They, they, they knew that they wanted to do that, and they did everything that they could, you know, and... Um, it, it didn't seem to. It didn't seem to matter. 
at the end of the day, I, I don't know even how treatable, if, if you are determined to kill yourself because you think that whatever, <laughs> sorry, I'm not laughing at the subject material, I'm laughing at our dogs that are incredibly loud, but uh, if, if you think that your life is the problem and not whatever issue that you're going through and that that is like what you think is the problem and the only way to get away from the problem is to end the problem, you know, I, do we have a high success rate of convincing people otherwise? I don't know. You know, right. I, what I would say is that the military needs to be focused on doing a job and not preventing suicides. Well, it sounds to me like preventing a suicide is its number one job. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess its number one job is defending America, and that's what it needs to do. Right, but you do that by keeping your veterans alive, right? Right, but... Otherwise, you're fo- failing your veterans. To me, I guess it's a matter of a trade-off that hopefully we've hired people in high enough positions in the military to make the correct trade-off in the sense that if we divert too much attention and focus onto soldiers that commit suicide, maybe the numbers that actually die in war will go up, right? I don't know, uh, but... Maybe maybe even a policy change could be enough to where if you're diagnosed with a mental issue, you're not automatically kicked out. Well, I, you know, if, if, if you're struggling with mental health issues, I don't think a war zone is the place you should be. Oh, I agree. But I do think you should get unlimited medical support. And I don't think we can prevent every suicide. No. But there should be unlimited. It seems to me there should be unlimited money. Because we, we, you know, we spend a trillion dollars on the military, and I don't know what we spend on mental health services, but it's probably nothing compared to a trillion dollars every year, right? Yeah. So when I say unlimited money, all I'm saying is if 90% of your deaths are from suicide, then you should have a, quote, unlimited cap. And it's it's cheap. It costs nothing compared to, you know guided missiles and shit it costs nothing to do mental health services oh yeah (laughs) you know because shrinks are cheap and meds are cheap and psychologists are cheap compared to a three million dollar bomb you know yeah so if we ever feel constrained financially from offering veterans every ounce of help that they we could possibly offer them then that seems completely wrong to me and I don't know if we do ever feel constrained or not. Like, I, I, I'm not a veteran. I've never interacted with the VA. And you haven't either interacted with <laughs> yeah, the VA much other much. than teeth stuff. My my dad's a Vietnam veteran, and my mom is a veteran. I mean, she did, she was in the Air Force. I mean, she didn't go, like, over to Vietnam, but, you know, so, she uh, she's part of the VA system. And I mean, I've done quite a bit, not a ton, but quite a bit of mental health stuff through my private insurance, through my employment. You know, yeah. Um, and I just I think that should be a no-brainer, obvious thing that if you're asking somebody to risk their life defending our country, no-brainer, obvious for the rest of your life, you can talk to a counselor anytime you want, twenty-four-seven. Yeah, and we'll pay for it. You don't pay a you don't pay a penny for the rest of your life for mental health shit. 
I just think I, I think all citizens should have that because I'm a crazy socialist lefty pinko. But yeah, especially veterans. Like if you're going to ask somebody to get shot at, the least you can do <laughs> is have a suicide hotline for them, twenty four seven, and you know have people show up and people that care and people that, when appropriate, prescribe antidepressants and you know all that stuff because that costs nothing. It costs nothing compared to jet fighters and fucking tanks and bombs and shit yeah i i would agree with that actually i i guess what i'm trying to say is is that (laughs) so like there's the whole medical field right which i would say i'm probably the i like intentionally chose not to get into the medical field for a reason Uh like i'm hardly interested in it i don't think i'm good at it i feel like i feel like it's riddled with politics and and it, it's just gross <laughs> right yeah. and then there's a subset of the medical field which is the psychiatry portion of it which i'd probably know the least out of all of them. <laughs> and what I, I guess all i'm trying to say is it's hard for me to make a judgment because i know absolutely nothing yeah. about suicide about suicide prevention right. i i must be a fairly healthy person in that regard because i don't I don't have those thoughts. Yeah. Like, I don't think to myself, I'm going to kill myself. I, I, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know what causes it. I don't even, I don't know what helps it. I, w- one thing I can say, you know, like I looked at pictures from my dad's Vietnam days. It looked absolutely fucking miserable. Like, <laughs> so I tell people, you know, like, it, it is true. When I, when I got to Afghanistan, I went, I went to the middle of nowhere, a place uh, called Tarrant Cout. There was nothing. I, I didn't take a shower for months. I didn't have a place, anything to live in. I lived in a little pop-up tent. The engineers finally came out and built us, like, a thing to stay in. Probably about four months after that, they built us a place to take a shower in and the place kind of got bigger and it got like all these amenities. But by the time I was there for about, you know, six or seven months, it was actually not a bad place. Um, and, and here's my dad with these pictures of just being out in the wilderness and the wet and, and in the jungle, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Mitzi, there's no water in there. I should have brought some water and think you guys would be thirsty or snow. <laughs> you know what? Like, why is it that we, in those conditions of people serving under that circumstance and in these really bloody, horrific scenes, you know, like, uh, why didn't we have a lot of suicides then? You know? Oh, did we not? I don't, I didn't, I didn't look, the chart didn't go back to the 60s, so I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe it is, it was an issue, maybe that'd be something to look into, but, you know, I don't, I don't. I'm sure it was an issue to some degree, but it certainly is plastered all over the news now for what we have. I, I guess okay. I never really directly hear them com- compare the suicides to Vietnam or World War II. But, you know, those sol- those soldiers had it rough, man. We we were spoiled rotten. Yeah. I mean, both in terms of injuries and, and in terms of health and amenities that made their lives, you know, like our lives a lot better. Okay, so you and I are co-presidents of the United States, right? Yeah. And I come to you and I say, hey, it is insane that we're not funding this. It costs like nothing compared to the rest of our DOD budget. I'm going to have unlimited mental health support for our veterans. 
to try to prevent this suicide epidemic. Are you on board with that? Well, are you? Do you still have the same knowledge that you have now? Well, I'm gonna like have it's a, just you transplanted into that scenario, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's my. So advice. I would just ask, what did what did the doctors recommend? And if they recommended that, then I would go with it. Yeah, That's yeah, all yeah. I'm saying. Okay, yeah. So yeah. I have a I, I form a gold star committee, blah blah blah, whatever the fuck. So I'd and, I'd get I'd get the generals as far as like the army's preparedness in there, and yeah, I'd yeah. get the medical people from the, the army, yeah, the VA people who administer this shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'd put and them I'd all say, in a room, and I'd be like, "Hey, you're the committee of the blah blah blah." I'd say, "Doctors, what do you want?" And I'd say, "Generals, does that affect our preparedness?" And uh, as long as everybody could be uh, agree, I, I I would I would agree that funding should not be the issue. <laughs> all right, cool. On the same page. Yeah. yeah, I've had two big suicide events in my life, and yeah. Um, my understanding is one of them came completely out of the blue and one of them was an ongoing thing where they knew. And, uh, I, I don't know anything about the first one and the second one, everything was tried and that wasn't enough, you know? So, yeah. And sometimes I think. I hate to admit this, but I think sometimes life is the problem. I, I think that sometimes people actually come to terms with that. And, and what I'm trying to say is, is that I think that mental anguish is some of the worst anguish that you could go through. And if you don't have relief from that, I can totally see why life would be the problem from, from the inside looking out, right? I mean... <laughs> I'm not saying I've been through that and I can see it, but I can understand why it would at least be perceived that way from someone going through an experience like that. And I, I can't really blame them. Do you do you remember seeing? Uh, did you ever watch the uh, movie? With, uh, oh my God, I can't think of his name right now, but he's like this big time over actor. Um, He played in Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, he played in Con Air. Wicker Man, I think, is what he was into. Oh. Um, uh, he, was uh, in a, he was in a movie about the Twin Towers. Nicolas Cage? Nicolas Cage. The movie that he was in where it was about the Twin Towers and they fell down. I, and I think it's kind of based upon a real life story of some cops or something, because I think he was a cop and he ran into the building to save people and it collapsed around him and his buddies. And one of his buddies was trapped and in a lot of pain. And uh, Nicolas Cage was trying to talk him into not killing himself, but he was in so much pain that he did it, right? You know, I, I I hate to admit it, but the only person that can judge that right at that moment is the person that did it. All all I can say is is that in that moment, that cop that was in so much pain with a building on top of him, life was the problem to him, and there was only one solution, right? 
I'm not trying to justify suicide. What I am trying to say is, is that I think that there's a point where people get, whether it's mental anguish or physical anguish, where life is the problem that needs to be solved. And it doesn't mean that people around them don't care. It doesn't mean that, you know, maybe there is something that could be done. I don't know, but I don't know if there's like a line where you just can't get people back from, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And that's me just being an ignorant, non-psychiatry person. (laughs) Knows nothing about it. I think one of the biggest things that people have to deal with is being one of the survivors that are left behind when somebody makes that choice, you know, and I I think um, it's important to bring those people comfort too, but yeah, I'm a proponent of um, assisted suicide uh, under certain medical conditions. I think that should be the way we do it. So you all kind of had the view that, as well, that maybe life may be, might be the problem itself? Uh, well. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just the way I look at it. I mean, that sounded Some, like Thanos, like life is the problem that needs to be yeah, solved. Yeah, well, I'm not trying to um, kill somebody else. I'm trying to say, <laughs> if you deem that life is the problem, there's only really one solution to that. And Well, right. So one of two things is happening. Either you're correct that there's no coming back and there's no more good days ahead of you because you know, you're in stage four lymphatic, whatever cancer, whatever. And all you've yeah. got left is infinite pain and there's a 0% chance you're going to recover, et cetera. Or you're having a severe mental health problem of which I'm not an expert and you're wrong and you can live, you know, dozens or whatever years healthy and happy with, the right medication with the right support in your life with the right, you know, talk therapy with the right, you know, whatever. So, uh, I'm, I would leave it to the experts, I think, to figure out when you're on one side of that equation or the other. Right. So, Oh yeah. I I think essentially that's kind of exactly what I'm trying to say. You know, that's why I'd get the generals about military preparedness and I'd get this people that know about that stuff that's in the military someone that's really technically i would make sure i got somebody that's technically advocating for the soldiers you know i'd have somebody advocating for the army somebody advocating for the soldiers they're professionals at the end of the day i i just don't think that i'm and you know i i think a lot of times we even you know expect like the president of the united states or congressmen or women to know what the right answer is i think if me and you were co-presidents of the United States, I would just make sure that we got the input of the experts before we made a decision. Yeah. I think we're on the same page with that. Yeah. Did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? Oh, yeah. I've watched it three times, I think. All of it? Yeah. <laughs> well, do you remember the episode with the guy that wanted to kill himself that had the nose problem? He had the pain in his nose, and he wanted to do his assisted suicide. And... I can't remember his actual name, but I don't even know if this is from Kelly calling him this, but it's like McSteamy. Uh, yeah, McSteamy was the lead male doctor. No, that was Love Mc... interest guy. 
Oh, that no, was McDreamy. McSteamy right, was the dude that was buff that was like. That was his friend from college. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, like, uh, somebody. He was also uh, a doctor of whatever, whatever. Like, the guy was, like, sitting there right to take the pills, and McSteamy was uh, overhearing somebody talk about what this guy was going through. And he's like, wait a minute. I might know the solution. So he runs in there. He's about to take the pills, and he sticks this thing up his nose, and the guy's like, oh, my God, that's it. That's the pain. And then they fix it, you know, and he doesn't have to kill himself. Right. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, and and some, yeah. I, well, shit. I don't know. I should stop talking now because I'm way out of my depth. But some problems are 100 percent fixable, right? And yeah. Suicide is a what do they say? The a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Sometimes. So <laughs> you're right. You can totally. And I've been depressed as shit, you know. And I've been in a lot of pain. I've been in so much pain I wanted to die probably three or four times. Really. Oh, yeah. Like, for what? Oh, God. Can you say it on the podcast? <laughs> sure. Yeah, the yeah one time scuba diving in Indonesia, I came up, uh, and this is before I understood through my ear, nose, and throat doctor how I need to decompress, blah, 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 because I have a, a very small, so <clears throat> into your um, sinus cavities, there's little tubes that go into your mouth, right? And the way that you equalize pressure is you hold your nose closed and you apply gentle pressure and your ears uh, equalize, right? And my sinus passage is smaller than most people's, especially, well, nobody's head is bigger than mine. But, you know, I have an enormous head, so you'd think I would have an enormous (laughs) passage between my sinus and my whatever. Yeah. Which is really important for scuba diving because that's how you equalize. Well, anyway, I didn't. And so the standard, I don't, so the standard procedures for coming up safely are, um, are different for me. And as long as I do some over the counter meds and I, and some really simple fixes, I don't have a problem scuba diving, quote, deep, end quote, right? Deep diving. Uh, anyway, but that was before I had all that figured out. (laughs) And I came up one time, and the nausea, the vertigo, the splitting headache, the, you know, so I was fine in the water. But when I surfaced, about 30 seconds later, I was in excruciating pain and swore I would never scuba dive again (laughs) and wanted to be dead for about, you know, four minutes, probably three minutes. That was bad. Then I've been in the hospital for a couple procedures, and they did crap they probably shouldn't have done, and... I was screaming. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah, there there have been moments of my life where I wanted to be dead for sure. Yeah. Well But you know, I've never I've never been so depressed that systematically I couldn't see that the problems I was having were fixable. I've I've felt the depression of knowing that oh um Yeah. Well, anyway, but so yeah, like I'm, the, I'm surprised you never think about killing yourself because that's. I mean, I have a very vivid imagination. I, I think of aliens abducting me all the time. I think of <laughs> satellites crashing into my house. I think of trans dimensional wormholes. I think of 
you know, like I'll be driving my truck and I'll be like, oh man, if I could just hit this button and fly and then, you know, <laughs> but then I might hit that light pole and then crash. And then, you know, so like my brain is constantly going with a million things. So, oh yeah, several times a week, you know, I also th- <laughs> think that that would kill me. Yeah. You know? Um, and yeah, I, I tend to have depression issues too, I think. So mild depression issues. So I've, I've never, I don't think, been in actual um, risk of suicide. I don't think I've ever been that dark, right? Yeah. But I can't say that I don't think about it. I mean, I, I think about it all the time. I think about all kinds of shit all the time, you know? So, uh, anyway. Yeah, it, it sounds to me like we're on the same page in terms of Yeah. that's a... I consider that a crisis. I know you hate it when I use words like crisis. Um, <laughs> well, I guess I, if you know, if I'm running a department of anything, and ninety percent of my people are dying from a thing, that's a crisis of that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, you know? <laughs> I guess I wouldn't call it a crisis. What I would say is, if we're supposed to be doing something else, and we are not, because there is nobody high enough in the government to advocate for soldiers, that's a travesty. And we should fire everybody that has control over that and get somebody else. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, if, if somebody's sitting in there and being like, oh, we have this suicide problem, but we don't give a fuck. Yeah. And and th- because of that, there is no help going to these guys. That is a travesty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because we certainly have the funds and the meanings, and we certainly have the moral obligation. Yeah. To help fix the situation that we caused, right? There is no doubt about that to me. And if I mean, I don't know if I'd call it a crisis as much as a travesty, but I mean, and and who knows? Maybe we're doing what we think is the best thing in the military. I, I, maybe maybe that's a little bit of a hard pill for me to swallow if the suicide is really that bad. But um, but I, I definitely wouldn't say, well. Crisis could be a good word too, if in fact we haven't done what we were supposed to do. But well, I, yeah, I assume what typically happens is you have just this gridlock of large institutions where, yeah, there are the people, there are the doctors who always want more money, and then there are the budget people who are always like trying to figure out where the money can go, right? And they just hit these these points of equilibrium, right, where they're pushing hard enough on each other they they equal each other out and it gridlocks right like i assume that's what's going on because i yeah in my experience that's what happens in every large organization but i've never worked for anything nearly as large as the u.s government so yeah well you know as a side note you know like we're we're about to spend a bunch of money to just change the type of firearm that we use you know if we're having like this mass level of suicide you'd think that we would wait wait a minute Maybe the M16 and the M4 isn't doing so bad. Maybe we should pause on spending the money on that for a little bit and get this, get our house in order. <laughs> well, I don't see why we can't do both because I think. Yeah. So well, the, we could, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that if we have something that works fine. Works this for suicide prevention? No, oh, the uh, with M4s and oh, M16s yeah. and yeah. What's our the new current one called? arsenal. It's almost like we just want to upgrade it just to get something new. Yeah. <laughs> if that's the case, then yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I think we're pretty much on the same page with that. 
Yeah. You'd call it a crisis. I'd call it a travesty. Well, the, the other thing I haven't done is I haven't baselined the military suicide rate to the popular the population suicide rate, right? Yeah. So to the extent that we have a suicide crisis, well, I you know, I call everything a crisis because I'm a lefty pinko socialist. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to the extent that we have a problem nationwide... I'd be curious to see what the rate is for veterans as opposed to the general population, right? Um, but anyway, if I was in charge of the military specifically, I, you know, I was just staring at the chart. I couldn't believe it. I was like, how the, how the hell? Like, do what? See, do you see, dude? Yeah, they're up there. Oh. They're on Poop Mountain. So, all right. Well, I had another one, but this one's already gone too long, so. Oh, what is the other one? Just out of curiosity. Uh, so you can prepare yourself. All right, so next, whenever, <laughs> on Jay Flaunce's Ignorance. Uh, Editor Jay here. Um, so I did a really bad five-minute rambling intro to the next topic. So I just cut all that out, and we'll talk about it next time. So, uh, yeah, cut, cut mark, back to the episode. So anyway. Yeah. Well, I I'll was... Send, I'll send you the link. Oh, no, I already put it in Discord, that, that podcast episode. Well... Well, I definitely have a lot to I could comment about that. I, I certainly uh, would say that I, I disagree with you on almost every level there. Oh, so it, it would definitely be an interesting podcast. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll put my boxing gloves on next time. Oh, hey, give me my microphone. <laughs> give me my well, mic back before you punch me. <laughs> well, thanks for the doggy pals. Thanks for doggy pals. Where's the... Oh, there it is. There you go. Oh, my God. So we'll see if these things survive mild wetness from the snow.